Hello, I'm Sean McCangus, and welcome back to another episode of the Highland League podcast. Today's guest is Nairn County Scout, Callum McKenzie. In this podcast, he talks about his time as a football coach in America, his goalkeeping coaching experiences across a school team and various different clubs, how he's managed to connect with well-known faces in the football world, including Bekovic, former Stoke and Chelsea goalkeeper. He also tells us about how he got involved in scouting and his different experiences in that, including scouting goalkeepers for a Luxembourg top division side. And he gives inclusive, exclusive insight into what it's like to scout for Nairn County. Hope you enjoy this interview. Um. So, Callum, kind of, what's your kind of earliest like football memories? What kind of got you into football generally? Um. Yeah, I mean, the it was a weird start to be quite honest, because I was always that kid in primary school that if the kids were playing football, I would run on and steal the ball <laughs> and then run away. So there wasn't an immediate love at first sight for football when I was in primary school. Um, I don't like the, the school I went to never really had a football team, so it wasn't easy to get involved in. Um, then, as my brother got older, he started playing football, so I became the younger brother that we'd want to hang out with my cool older brother. Mm. Um, and then it was jumpers for goalposts and playing on the playing fields and lossy mouth until it was pitch dark and you couldn't see the ball anymore. And there was like 20 aside, that, that stereotypical image. And uh, so, yeah, that was my youngest memories is playing football there. Um, we used to play football anywhere. There was a patch of grass. So there's an, an old pub in Lossy called the, the, the Cooley and, we used to play on a patch of grass there. And ever since we stopped playing there many years ago, it's just become overgrown. It's never been so well kept since we played there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was back then. It was my brother that um, I wanted to hang out with him. And um, I was just I was naturally drawn to goalkeeping. I, mean, I was ne- I was never really interested in uh, I think I was far too aggressive to play outfield. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't think I would have lasted on a pair game. Excuse me, on a game very often, uh, I'd have probably been sent off a few times. Yeah. So, in terms of uh, goalkeeping, did you play for kind of the school team, or did you play for any teams? What's kind of? Yeah, I mean, I I played for the school teams from about the under thirteens up to the senior team, um, all the way basically all the way through high school. Um, but I was I was sort of I was an average an average player, you know. I knew where my ceiling was. Um, it, I don't suppose it helped that I had uh, had the legend that is Kevin Main in front of me in high school. Um, <laughs> so that was that was always going to hinder me, uh, no matter how good I was. But uh, and then when I went to the likes of Elgin Boys Club, um, I remember being excited because I was like, right, cool, yeah, I'll get in this and then we'll, we'll get some game time behind me. And then it turned out I was uh, second to Darren Strong. So. <laughs> The two two of the best, probably the best goalkeepers, in my opinion, that Murray's produced in the last, mm. you know, 10, 15, 15 20 years, uh, Desi Strong and Kev Main, um, I was I was stuck behind. So um, 
they were the Andy Gorham to my Ali Maxwell, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, I mean, actually having them and being able to watch them, although I was a distinctly average goalkeeper, I learned a lot. I I was always I always felt like I became a better than I would have under under studying anyone else because mm. just watching Kevin and watching Des you know play and train then it was it was a great thing for me um, being able to watch them um, I also think that that's um, you know because I was always on the bench I was always watching the managers and the coaches um, always listening into their conversations because you're always listening in case. Mm. There's an opportunity to get on, um, so I would always listen to them and how they watched the game, what they were looking for. So I always kind of was drawn to the like the tactical, technical element of the game, even at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I kind of knew I, w- I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna get into the Highland League as a player, yeah. um, and then um, I did play for a couple of welfare teams. Um, that was outfield. Um, I played for them. I was blessed with a uh heap of pace. Um, it's disappeared now. It's burned out now. Um, but uh, I was blessed with a lot of pace, so I was always stuck on the right wing. And um, but I think at six, I was sixteen, seventeen when I played in the welfare league, and I just got I just got the crap kicked out of me. Mm. To be honest, and it and it and it wore down my knees, and my knees basically became the biggest issue and. That's when I decided, right, well, about 1999, I decided I'll go and start coaching um, and doing my, my badges and things. Um, I did play, I did get trials for Ross County um, back in 99, um, Ross County under 16s. Um, I did get trials with them, so um, that's probably about as high as I got with it. Um, bye. Yeah, so in terms of the coaching side, when kind of was your first opportunity to kind of do coaching? Um um, so, like I say, at 99, I started doing my uh, coaching badges with the SFA. Um, it was uh, Neil Simpson that was the development officer at the time in the North. Um, so, you know, it was it was great for me as a football fan to see uh, Simi. Um, and, you know, that kind of early on to learn it. Um, and I, I was still relatively young. I think I was 17, 18 when I was doing those. Um, so my first opportunity with coaching actually um was just out of sheer brass neck i had done a few coaching courses and i just i was on the internet had just started it was just a thing you know and i i've seen a job going in america and um i was like you know this i'll just apply so Mm -hmm. i just applied for it um I never expected to hear anything back about it um, from the the company called the United Soccer Academy, based in New Jersey. And they got back to me, said, look, we'd like to have you down for a coaching session in Kilmarnock. Um, Here's the date. I was like, oh, God. I hadn't even told my parents or anything (laughs) at that point. So I was like, all right. Uh, So I went and told them. Unfortunately, when when the couple of days before I became really ill, um and I wasn't going to be able to attend it um, just because of the journey and things and my asthma had kicked in so it was just really struggling so I, I, I told them about it they got back in touch a few days later because it was all email back then and 
I got to go back in touch and said, listen, we'll do a telephone one. So they basically ran through a few coaching scenarios with me and asked me what kind of drills I'd do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a week later, I got told, you've been accepted and we're happy to have you out in the States. And I was like, wow, what has just happened? Because, you know, I, in, a, in the space of like um, about a year, I, I'd been doing my badges for about a year and then I had no practical coaching experience. And then the first thing I get is to all expenses paid out to America. Um, and I was like, right, okay. And I remember thinking, oh, what have I done? What have I done? And uh, I was very much inwards at that point. I wasn't such an outgoing person at that point in my life. I was so, and it was, I was just a small boy from Lossiemouth at that point. Uh, but no, it was brilliant. It brought me out of my comfort zone. It got me to experience a new different culture. It brought confidence out in me. Um, I really got to, we got to coach from the ages of three years old up to 18 years old. Um, massive difference with that. I mean, I remember the first group of kids I got was three to five-year-olds. And, and so the first coaching session I ever do in my entire life is with three to five-year-olds and and getting a getting a three year old to do something is 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 potluck, <laughs> you know. Um, getting a five year old, they will actually listen to you um, and maybe take on board what you're saying. Mm. But getting a getting a three year old to try and get you, I mean, sometimes they would just run off, and and you, you know you can't leave the group of kids, and you're looking at the parents to go and get their child, and it was a brilliant experience. Um, and obviously, I got to see a lot of um, different coaches from different cultures out in America as well. So that was brilliant. It was a great sounding board um, whenever we had coaching conventions. Um, you know, you would just talk, ask questions, and just be a sponge um, for all these people. Um, so yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. So that was about two thousand and one that um, that happened. I think I. I mean, I came home from America, I think, two days before September 11th. So mm. I flew back from, you know, my lasting memory of America was flying out over New York City and seeing the Twin Towers all lit up, you mm. know. Um, and then two days later, obviously, you got that devastating news. But, um, no, it was a brilliant time in my life to, to have that experience, um, especially as a, a base for to, to build on from that point. Yeah. So, who was there? Any one particular that you met out in America that kind of taught you things, or or you know you kind of learned? Um, there was a. I'll always remember a guy, this guy Craig. Um, I think I was the only. I mean, I was the only. Don't tell you a lie. There was there was two other Scottish. There was two Scottish girls out there, um, and myself. So there was only three Scots, and then there was the one Welsh guy, Craig. And uh, me and him really gelled. Um. And he had been out there for a number of years and he had done some work with the, the Welsh FA and things of that nature. And so it, it, for me, it was it was really him. He really helped me settle in and embed myself um, and get to know the culture. And um, just, just little things. Um, when I went out there, I had more of a, a lossy mumble mm. tone. Um, and I really had to learn to talk slower don't be so fast so that the kids could understand me so he taught me all this and um, because he had the problem with his welsh accent when he first went out there and mm. um, the kids just couldn't understand him and um, so there, there, 
that, believe it or not, there is a there is a bit of a language barrier despite everyone speaking English. Um, so yeah, it was Craig was a real great help to me, um, and you know we kept in touch for a number of years. But as, as it happens, we just we lost touch over the years. I mean, that was twenty twenty odd years ago. Um, so yeah, yeah. So did you ever have an opportunity to extend your kind of time in America, or was there options of or kind of things to pursue? Yeah, I mean, I, I got offered, so I was out there for, I think, I believe it was a five-month contract I was out there for. Um, I got offered to stay for another nine months. Um, however, I had to turn it down because I had um, already booked a place on college to go to college um, and, and do my sports and recreation through college. I mean, looking back, I made a decision to go to Murray College instead of staying in America. And I kind of think, oh, do you know this? I could have done. I, I probably should have stayed in America, you know. Mm. But um, you know, but these things happen in life, and um, everything happens for a reason. So, I, I did, I did try and go back. I think it was two years afterwards. I did two thousand three. I tried to go back, um, except, um, by that point, a lot more companies had jumped on this bandwagon of getting people out to coach. Mm. And this company that I was going out with had had sent me uh had sent me all the details. It was quite an interesting one. They had sent me all the details. They had sent me my plane ticket and things like that and itineraries. And they in the itinerary, the well, first of all, the red flag was the ticket was a one way ticket, and um and I was like, wait, right, okay. And then it was I got a little itinerary, and in that itinerary, it stated, don't tell. US immigration that you're coming to work. Um, and uh, don't tell them this and don't tell them that. And I was thinking, okay, uh, probably, probably shouldn't lie to US immigration. <laughs> so I never went. Um, it was just too many red flags for me there. Um, and by that point, I had a couple of extra things under my belt. You know, I had, I'd been working with Aberdeen for a community group for a little while I'd got an opportunity to do that and um, so I had more experience by that point and I was thinking right and I think that's really when I got involved in coaching with the high school football team. Yeah so um, how how was that coaching in high school football team? Yeah I mean it was it was good Um, it was good I probably the first time I was doing like solo so just purely on myself there was no other coaches to to really bounce off of so it was a bit of an experience that one. Um, think you'd sometimes you'd think on a fly, and mm. depending on your numbers. Um, that's one thing I learned in in the America in America with the academy was that you know session plans and prepping and having a backup prep as well mm. was important because numbers don't always work in your favour. And so worth it. I was under 15s. I was coaching with Lossie Mouth and. Um, what a great team I, I had. Um, it was the likes of um, Martin Charlesworth was there when he was 14. Um, Kyle Stewart um, and Jordan Main, they all went on to have uh, quite long Highland League careers. Um, so I had all them in the in the squad and it was it was a great, great team. Um, and it was a joy. They, they were, honestly, I, I felt going into the high school for coaching, I was like, Oh God, this is gonna. <laughs> what kind of grief am I gonna get? And they were brilliant. The, the lads were all brilliant, and you know, I never had a single problem with them. Um, so you know, 
it's no shock that I remember Jordan Main uh, didn't turn up to a session once. Um, I think he went on to play for Lossie, and, um, but he didn't turn up for a session once. And he was, I think he was on uh, North County's books at the time for the youth teams. And he thought, right, well, if you're not turning up to training, you're benched, you know. And that was always my rule. And so he was on the bench and uh, we were throwing 1-1. So we got a corner. So I brought on Jordan. It was in the second half. I brought on Jordan and he said to me, um, watch this, I'm going to score. And I said, all right. So off he went and he took the corner and scored direct from the corner and then just ran past me, you know, like, yeah. So I was, I was like, yeah, okay, fair, fair point, point made. <laughs> Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, in, yeah. So um, in terms of, yeah. So, sorry. Um. Yeah. So um, what was the kind of biggest thing you learnt for from that experience at the high school? Because it can it can be a bit because um, you've got guys who are maybe, you know, playing for you know clubs as as well as. Yeah. There the, there was like so I'd experienced that sort of atmosphere when I played for the high school myself as well. We had a couple of guys on, I think, I mean, Kev Main, I believe, was on Dundee United's youth books at the time. Um, so we had that kind of, I'm sure so I had a little bit of experience with that because sometimes you can get kit, the kids that that maybe they don't they don't put in as much effort, you know, because it's, it's, it's almost a little bit below them. Um, the high school is like a training thing for them. Because they're they're on to bigger things, but um, these guys that I had, um, thankfully, I never had to um, deal with that because they were all they were all quite brilliant. They're all, I mean, they had their laughs and they mucked about um, as as fourteen year olds do, but they they there was no real egos, if you like, that I had to contend with, which was good. Yeah. So, how did you kind of switch? Obviously, you'd experience in terms of you know you played as a youngster as a, a goalie. How how did that um come about to switch from, you know, you know, coaching teams to, to the specifically the goalie coaching? Uh, um yeah, so that one came about um I had started working with well Charlie Charlesworth was the head of youth development for Elgin City at the time. And um obviously I had coached Martin um his son and he I was in touch with me because of Martin and he got in touch with me when I left Lossie uh, High School and, and asked me if I would come along and do, because he knew I was a goalkeeper back in the day and he asked me if I would come along and just help some of the youth team kids. So it was by, it was by no means a permanent gig, but it was just to help the goalkeepers get a grasp of things. Um, that one was, you know, so that one was good. So that made me think, I do you know this, I quite like this specialised because the goalkeeping is a very specific specialization, you know, it's 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 not just, you know, I hate to see when goalkeepers just get put in the goals and it's just all after ball and the ball, shot after shot, and you just see the goalkeeper, he's not even got the other ball, one ball out of the net before the second or third shots come in again, you know. It's you you are just a punching bag for balls at that point. So um I I I did want to get into goalkeeping because I felt like it was an area that could be um, specialised in. In that, in those days, I mean, I never once growing up had a goalkeeping coach, you know. Yeah. Um. So, and I and I felt like that always 
maybe hindered me a little, you know. So I always felt the need to give back to that um, because I always enjoyed being a goalkeeper. And it's a shame because some goalkeepers really want to be a goalkeeper. And I've seen plenty over the years that have jacked it in because they'll get more coaching outfield. Mm -hmm. So they'll go and do that rather than have balls just pinged at them constantly, which is a bit of a shame. But so, yeah, I, I really started to focus in on the, the, the goalkeeping side of things. And, um, I mean, when I was at Elgin, that's when I met a, a young 12 year old Colin Charlesworth when he was at Elgin. Um, he's now obviously just been made the Huntley manager and, um, which just makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> the Huntley job now. Um, players you coached when you were 14 retiring from playing makes you feel old. <laughs> Oh, you 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 look young for you. For you. <laughs> um, I think but, it helps because I started coaching young. You know, it's yeah. like I was really young when I first started. Yeah, and you you haven't you haven't coached like a Fort William or something, so you're you're the, yeah you're not completely <laughs> cracked up yet. Um, <laughs> so, um, in terms of um, one of the things I noticed was the the SM goalkeeper uh academy yeah academy. a bit about that and kind of how did that come about yeah so the the goalkeeping academy was uh sm is steve marcella and um, so i don't know if you're familiar with steve marcella sean he's he was um head goalkeeping coach at like the likes of cali thistle mm-hmm. um and he eventually went on to become chief scout at uh, hibs and kilmarnock and he's I believe recently he's, he's been out in India and places like that and coaching and things in there for the last number of years. I've recently just got back in touch with him. Um, I found him on uh, on LinkedIn and we've reconnected through LinkedIn. So we've been chatting about things like the old days. And so he brought me into that. Once I decided I was going to be a goalkeeping, I met him through um, just, just lossy, you know, um, and the opportunity came up. So I went with him and I learned a lot from from Steve. He was a good guy. Um, um, learned a lot about the technical aspect of goalkeeping, um, not just, you know, drills. It was more, you know, hammering down on the technical and the tactical side of it. I mean, tactically, there wasn't, not much was demanded of goalkeepers back then, you know, um, before, before Pep came along. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that made us, made us, made us realise we've got feet. And, uh, <laughs> So, you know, it was more the technical aspects of it, you know, just, you know, body movements, body shape, um, things really drilling down on them that, that helped me adjust my and fine tune my sessions, um, a lot better. Um, the, the, his academy didn't, didn't, I mean, I don't think it was around too long because he got offered the, the Hibs, um, mm. The Hibs role, so it didn't last too long, but it was good for this area to have something like that. And I, I, I don't think it's had anything like that since until the likes of Alan Main has just come back to the area and yeah. started his own um, academy. Um, so I think it's brilliant to see his um, that that kind of thing come in for goalkeepers, and it's, the fact that they're getting one to one experience as well, which is something that Steve Marcella did as well. You know, he would do groups and one to ones and um I do I do feel like there's a bit of a market for that kind of um academy in this area, especially in Murray. Yeah, so in terms of um what 
what kind of goalkeepers did you was there any specific goalkeepers you worked with you know through that time with the academy or none that none that none that ever that I that I know of that ever made it you know um through um the ranks of Elgin or anything like that or Highland Leagues um but I mean they may well have been um it's just my mind's probably a bit foggy on that one you know um because I think that was about 2002 2003 um so that was about 20 years ago but uh, they may well have or at least they may well have moved along um I think it was a lot of RAF children that came to it as well, mm, and yeah. um, it was it was that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, none none that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah, the most random thing was um, I noticed in your kind of LinkedIn in yeah. your reviews, um, you had a review from Becca. Is it Beckovich or what? Beckovich, Jasmine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how like what's what's your link to to him um, for Chelsea and and Stoke and teams like yes. over the years? So Asmir, um, I I really was starting to get. I find, I find LinkedIn fantastic for connecting with uh, ex pros, mm. and um, I was at that point I was going through a spell of just basically just just being really cheeky and and, and reaching out to ex pros and just asking them questions. You know, um, just like, hey guys, would you mind me if I just spitball a few questions to you? You can answer them scouts ex-players you know their experience with scouts um just anything like that so i could even though it was just a small nugget that i could keep you know in there um i connected with him and he sent me a message after after he accepted my connection request and um you know just said hey thanks for reaching out thanks for the connection i sent him a polite message back uh this was on new year's day last year um and he we, we basically spent the next four or five hours um just geeking out about goalkeeping um and he was asking me about my coaching journey he was abs he was could not have been nicer and i always look back and think that was so nice of him to give me that time of day on new year's day you know just i he didn't need to he could have just said thanks for the connection and that was it you know but he spent hours speaking to me and then he eventually um we we spoke for a few days after that uh, we exchanged um details um and we've we've off and on kept in touch since then um so it's it's he he was brilliant he sent me a free pair of his ab1 gloves um he then the two goalkeepers that i was um coaching for the lossy youths at the time um uh, jai and anaran they they were obviously um they knew who asmir was so i got them to i got them to send them personalized autographs saying good luck for the season um so i got them that and and just just an absolute brilliant guy he's got a lot of time for people and i just think you know you're one of the good ones you know so yeah it's a bit random um i mean no no one believed me um um when i when i told them that i was speaking to them and like great okay whatever calm He's just going off on one again, you know. Yeah, but no, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's cool because he's a Stand guy that a lot of people, a lot of people know who he is because obviously you know match your day, seen him play. Um, yeah. No, that that's such that's that's Chat, a... chat chatting to him on the phone was surreal, you know, um, mm. um, and and it was brilliant because you know I just got to see how down to earth he was, um, and he's so good with his. He's got his own goalkeeping academy. Um, 
which is um, something that I spoke to him about. And um, I was talking about him, about how there was a, a gap in the market here because I'd spoke to him and asked him, you know, have you, have you got any academies in Scotland? And he says, no, we've not reached Scotland yet. We've got many over England and he's got ones back in Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's got ones in Germany. Um, so he's really into this academy and um, me and him spoke about me running an academy up here for him. Um, but when I went out and tried to find um, some facilities that would work with me and 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 get this on board because we needed something like, you know, the, the an astro pitch and things of that nature. And um, I just couldn't get any kind of traction on it. Um, so, um, and again, at that point, I was, I was taking on a lot. Um, so I, I really had to be careful. So it's, it's possibly something that we could, I could reach out again and, 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 and look into. Um, but yeah, it is, um, it is a fairly random one. That's cool. So how how important is is that aspect of of yourself in terms of not being scared to reach out to people where ours maybe wouldn't take the punt and you know message or or whatever? Yeah, of... I think it is important um, just to have that, and I think um, just that brass neck of of just what's the worst that can happen here? They're just going to ignore my message, no. you know, and 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 that is it. And now I, I have. Um, sent many requests to people for for like questionnaires or or just can I sponge information off of you? Um, and and a lot, some a vast majority um, do get back to you, um, but you get ones that just don't, you know, and and or you get ones that have retired now and they've moved on from football and they just don't want to have anything to do with it, you know, and that's fair. Um, so yeah, it's 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 about having the confidence and the brass neck and just realising I'm I'm the one that's going to gain things from this. You know, Asmir Begovic or whoever is not going to gain anything from talking to me. <laughs> you know, you know. So um it's just about being that little bit more finding finding something that separates you from everyone else, you know. Um yeah. Yeah. So who's the kind of our people you've kind of connected of with over the years that are kind of people would know um, that it's been um, through that, you know, through yeah. going out there and just doing it. So, like I say, I was I was sending out like Q and A almost stuff um, to to some some ex pros, and I just 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 simplified questions, you know. Uh, so, doing a bit of research on them, how did it feel when you did this? You know, what was your experience with this? And I always tended to ask some scouting questions. Or what was your first experience like with a scout? Mm. You know, can you remember that? Talk me through that. Um, and just just to try and help me, you know, um, from a scouting perspective. Um, so I was doing these and then publishing them on my LinkedIn page. Always asking them first, you know, do you mind if I put them on my LinkedIn page? No, no, on you go. That's fine. If you think it'll be any use. Um, so I would do that, and um, a gentleman Adam Hobson from the Professional Football Scouts Association (PFSA), they he reached out to me and said, "I really like what you're doing. Um, would you mind doing some of these for us, freelance?" Um, and um, I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah, no, not a problem." So once I had that, it was brilliant because it was no longer then just um, 
it was still for me personally, it was still for me to get learning, but it was mm. it was also great that it was also going to be published to a bigger audience as well. So I I mean I, I, I hate to name drop and things like that, but since you have asked, uh, so it, it was the likes of I mean recently I've done ones with um, Kevin Thompson, ex Rangers Middlesbrough and Hibs. Um, you know I've done um, Gordon Gordon Smith. Um, ex Rangers, Man City, and the uh, Scottish, um, Scottish chief executive, I think he was, and was director of football at Rangers. That one was interesting because, so he was director of football at Rangers during the uh, the takeover, uh, the one pound takeover. Um, so I got a a good insight into that from him. Um, and then you know who else have we got? Who else have we spoke to? So. Um, Another, the first one I ever did was Stuart Miller. He was uh, ex chief scout at Aberdeen um, with when Craig Brown was there. Um, he was uh, Scotland scout for West Bromwich Albion, and he was also um, director of football and chief scout for the likes of Ross County as well. He's just gone back to um, Ross County in the last few days. He's just been appointed their chief scout for Scotland. So I did reach out to him and congratulate him for that. Um, Mark Mark Warburton, he gave me all the time. Um, and it's not one that I thought would. I didn't. I don't know why. I just thought. Um, I didn't know if Mark would 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 want to entertain some little old guy from Walsingham, you know. But he got back to me and he was brilliant as well. Um, Gavin Ray, former Rangers midfielder, he's out in Australia now. Oh yeah. Um, so the one that I'm doing soon um, is uh, ex Lisbon Lion Willie Wallace. Um, so he's 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 out in Australia as well. So it can be difficult sometimes because you've got these time differences. So there is a big delay in communication. But um, if you just stick with it, and I think that separated me because it wasn't just um, you know, hey, how's it going? Got any advice? You know, it was it was. You could, they could see that you've done research on them and, you know, you're more interested in their thoughts and their feelings behind certain situations. And mm. and it's, you know, so it's it's just a fan wanting to broad, you know, broad my experience there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that probably ever happened to me was not the, uh, the Begovic one. Um, it was when I was in America... Um, we played a, the, the academy coaching staff. And because we were all relatively young and fit back then, um, we played a charity match against the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. Um, so the Metro Stars are now what are known as the New York um, Red Bull mm. team. So they were formerly the Metro Stars. And we played a charity match against them at Giant Stadium in New York. And um, I think... I played against um, Lothar Mateus. So he was two-time Ballon d'Or winner. Uh, Lothar Mateus had the great pleasure of, mark, of marking some wee guy from the Lossiemouth Council <laughs> Estate that wouldn't shut up the whole game. <laughs> and I'm so sure he didn't have a clue what I was saying the whole time, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was quite surreal. Um, I don't know, I didn't really can really focus on the game because I knew I was I was two yards away from a Ballon d'Or winner, you know. And, um, 
And then just a, a few more yards away, there was Ian Wohn, who used to play for Nottingham Forest. You know, I'm like the contrast here is is uh, significant. So yeah, it was it was an experience playing against him. Was, I don't think as many people uh, for for a bang average footballer. Mm. You know? <laughs> I got to play against uh, Luther Mateus, so that was that was my highlight. <laughs> what did you get past him? <laughs> I didn't. No, he did go through the back of me. Um, <laughs> He did go through the back of me. I I had tried to to meg him, and uh, I I think that was shortly after that I got I got clattered through me. So I think that was a don't do that. <laughs> don't no, do that. No, no, and I was like, okay, uh, can I just switch to midfield? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, that's just so funny. Um, yeah. But um, so how did you kind of get involved with with scouting? How how when... Um, I think I think like I said, I mentioned previously, I think the tactical side of the game had always intrigued me because, um, you know, from from high school onwards, I knew right. Well, there's a ceiling to my playing career here, um, so I've got to have a plan B, and 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 that came from my father. My father always said to me, you know, well, he was always one to keep my feet on the ground and say, you know, you you know, you've got to have a backup, you know. Um, so you might not make it as a player, but then what? So I, that's where I started doing my coaching courses, obviously. Then the scouting thing happened, and because I, I two thousand, I took a long ten years, I believe, away from the the, the game, you know, um, and that was through a a, a, a bad experience that I'd had in my um, late twenties from. I was coaching with a team. I won't. I won't name the team. Uh, but I was coaching with a team and uh, doing the goalkeeping. And I had been told um, it was one of the first team goalkeeping coaches. One of the older guys had come up to me and said, "Look, what are you what are you doing with them?" So I ran through what I'd been doing with them, and I got a long lecture about how you young kids and your coaching courses, and you you do a couple of coaching courses, and you all think you're Ferguson, and. So I was like, and it wasn't the first time I had experienced that. I, I had a good 10 years of people moaning about my age, you know. Um, so I just decided, you know, this, I think I might just pack this in, uh, focus on my day job for a bit, uh, come back to this when I'm older, my, my late 30s, you know. Um, I overshot the late 30s by a little bit. Uh, and I came back to coaching. I seen Lossie were looking for coaches. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll I'll go and do that. And I, uh, Kevin McNally, who's the head of youth development at Lossy Football Club, I, I owe a lot to him for giving me that opportunity to come back in and do the coaching. Um, and you know, Lossy paid for my coaching courses, um, which was brilliant of them. Um, so I do owe a lot to them for that opportunity to get me back into the coaching because if I hadn't done that, then I would never have got involved in the scouting. Um, I realised pretty quickly that the the goalkeeping coaching physically it was it was starting to hurt, um, hurt my knees. My knees were starting to be a bother again. So I thought I started thinking, well, there's a there's not going to be longevity in the physical coaching aspect of this. But um, I Kyle Stewart, who I had coached back in the high school days. Um, was actually coaching for Lossy by this point, um, Lossy Youths, and he was a scout for Aberdeen. So I used to pick his brains about 
the scouting, what courses did you do? And that's when I started doing the talent ID courses through the SFA. Um, so I did my 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. And then I started broadening it out to the PFSA courses, um, really doing the opposition analysis um, and tactical course, scouting courses. Um, and I really started thinking, oh, this is really good. And, and, and I started looking for opportunities. Kyle then messaged me, screenshotted me that Nairn were looking for opposition scouts. Mm. And I was like, wow, brilliant. So let's get involved. So I sent them an email and they were more than happy to have me on board. Um, so it was a, and I said, right, well, this is going to be a learning curve, you know, because I've never done scouting. Um, and I mean, the biggest bit of advice I was given on one of the courses was you have to learn to not watch the game as a fan, mm. you know, because you've, you've, you've always kind of watched the game. So, but Sean, when you're watching the game, you're watching it for enjoyment. You're watching it for a, a an entertaining moment or someone scoring a worldly or, you know, so you're watching it for these moments and ultimately you either want team A or team B to win. Um, when you're scouting and it wasn't something I'd ever really contemplated, but when you're scouting, you're, you're not really caring about the result as such. You know, it's more about what happens within the game. So you're, mm. um, I love the fact that when you're looking at it, you're looking for you know, common patterns of play. Um, you're looking for, you know, anyone that's working combinations frequently, you know, so fullbacks, wingers, um, these kind of overlapping runs. Are they working like that? How do they distribute the ball? Um from the centre backs, the wing backs, the goalkeeper, um, how comfortable are they with their feet? These kind of things. Um, so, yeah, it's it's you know Kyle got me involved in the skin scouting. He gave me he got me the bug for it, um, and then Nairn gave me the opportunity. Yeah. So, um, going back a bit, um, about your your brief spell in terms of to do with goalkeeping scouting um with the Luxembourg side how how did that come about and it must have been a bit strange it's like an quite an an, an unknown league um yeah fair to say um yes yes I mean I had no prior knowledge of it um uh bar football manager um hmm. I, I had no prior knowledge of the Luxembourg league um so that again was through contacts on LinkedIn um and it's a frequent commonality throughout my stories, that one, um, especially in the last few years. So that one was coming through LinkedIn and, and I had reached out to um, someone that I knew was involved in the club and just asked about it. You know, not necessarily asked, oh, can I get an opportunity? It was just, how does it work? You know, um, what's it like? You know, what's what's the standard of football like? And um, the conversation was led to, you know, do you want to get involved? And because we could do with somebody that could tell us, a, you know, about goalkeepers, about the tactical, technical aspect of goalkeeping. Um, so what they would do is they would just um, email me through maybe one or two goalkeepers they wanted to have a look at um, and send me the video of their last game. And I would watch it. It was difficult because the the, the game footage was obviously following the, the, the game. Mm. So, excuse me. So there would be times where the goalkeeper was out of sight. So I can't tell just, 
you know, his positioning when where the ball is at certain points. Um, so I could only give them feedback on what I can what I can see, you know, at corners, free kicks, um, one on ones, um, positioning, how they you know control their box, how they come for corners. So it was a good experience. The I mean the the standard of football I would say was probably somewhere somewhere in between our League Two and Highland League. Um very, very low crowds. Um so you know, more like the Highland League kind of crowds. Um so you're not looking at thousands, you know, no. for a game. Um but, you know, there there is what it is and I enjoyed it and I got a lot of experience out of it. But I like I mentioned at that point I did that for about two or three months and then it got too much. Um it was it was like I mentioned, I was coaching twice a week there, scouting on the Saturday, a game on the Sunday, um, and then there was hours of video editing um throughout the week, along with my day job. So I felt like maybe I was stretching myself too thin at that point. So I I I, I got what I could from it. It was a good experience and, and they were brilliant with me, the club and um yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird it, is it sort of um what did you make of like kind of their quality of goalkeepers that you were kind of looking at? Is it possibly yeah. a league that's kind of untapped potentially um, to an extent? Um, yeah, to, to an extent. Um it's it's probably the, the goalkeepers were probably I would I would probably say they're at Probably the same, probably the same level as Highland League. Do you know what I mean? So if 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 it, you know, if you think of the Luxembourg uh, Premier League as as Highland League, um, just shy of of League Two. Yeah. You yeah. know where they're they're they made a they made a lot of mistakes that in another league would be punished. You know. Uh, I know. Whereas you know, whereas in 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 this league they got away with it. You know. Um, maybe the striker's reaction time wasn't isn't as good as it would be in another professional league. Where so if they didn't cleanly catch a ball and it rebounded a little, they would have time to mm. pounce on the ball and reclaim it. But um, in another league, you would be punished for that, you know. So it 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 has its place. I mean, I would I don't think they're um full time. You know, so they're not they're not full time players. So they all they all have another kind of career on top of that, as as I think most of the lower kind of leagues do. Yeah, yeah. No, it just it was it was just bizarre. It's not a, stands out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely stands out because um, I mean, a lot of people criticise Scottish football being a, a quite unknown, but um, no, it's probably like the uh, I mean the, the the Scottish Premiership would be. You know, mind blowing compared to the Luxembourg Premiership. You know, yeah. So in, in terms of <laughs> yeah. So um, going back to Nairn. So in terms of obviously you've talked about um, you know how you kind of watch the games and and stuff like that. Um, how, like what what is your kind of role in terms of you know working with the manager and director of football? Can you explain a bit? About that, yeah. So, um, working with working with Stephen McKay and uh, Graham McLeod, they've, they've they've both been brilliant since since I came on board, and um, 
I'm in regular contact with them. Um, uh, they, they probably nod and smile when I message a lot because I just constantly message them. I'm just obsessed with football, so it's just constant football chat. But as, as Stevie says, that's the kind of person you want. Scouting, you know, someone who does love the game and does love talking about it. Um, so they've been great with me ever since I came on board. Um, the feedback I've received from them have been confidence building, you know. Um, I just seem to have taken to, to, to the scouting like a duck to water. Um, and it's, it's, I still got a lot to learn. Um, you know, still got a lot to learn. And, um, I will, if I'm doing a report for a team and a, and a particular player stands out, um, I will put a section in for this, you know, like standout player. Here's what I liked about him. Here's what I think would be beneficial to Nair. And so, I mean, that does involve getting to know the manager over a period of time. So, you know, and and working out what style of play he's got, what players have Nair got, how do they play, you know, are they a counter-attacking team? Do they need pace? Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of thing. So um, an example of that is, I mean, Nairn have just recently signed uh, Horace Ormsby from Denver mm-hmm. Vale. So I mentioned him um, in my scouting report, I believe, one of my first scouting reports mm-hmm. I, I mentioned him in when I went to Denver Vale to watch Denver Vale. And um, I actually think I was there to watch um, the opposition rather than Devon Vale, but um, Orsby stood out to me. He was just big, powerful, pacey, you know, um, has, has got a finish in him as well. Um, so I mentioned him, I put all that down, and I got a message from Stevie um, when they signed him, and I didn't know they had signed him at this point. Um, I just got a message back from him saying, um, you know, I Remember the guy you, you mentioned from Devon Vale? I had this conversation. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, see, I do listen to you. <laughs> so it, it does, you know, there have been, you know, I think four or five that I've really seen that I think would benefit the Nairn squad, you know, and how they play. And I've put them down. And, and um, so it, it's good to see that the, you know, the fruit of your work um, come through when they when they do agree with you and they sign them, you know. Um Nairn are, are definitely going through a, a purple patch at the moment and you know Stevie's definitely turned them around and got them playing a certain way and and um, um I think that that he I think Stevie likes that mentality of never give up, you know. Mm. The, the amount of late winners that Nairn have have had recently is uh, phenomenal. So they obviously don't don't give up until the final whistle. So yeah, it's great to have that working relationship where I can just message them whenever I want. Um, you know, I'll always message Stevie or, or Graham saying, look, I'm thinking about putting this into my next report or doing this. Um, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> the more information, the better, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good to have that communication. And I think that's key is, is just keeping in touch with them and, you know, finding out what works. Because sometimes I might put something in the report um, and it, and it, you know, it, it it's not always easy because, you know, the Highland League isn't really tracked for stats, you know, and online. So you kind of have to do a lot of work yourself. And, um, you know, with my scouting, what I'll do is I'll break down stats. So I'll go through the opposition's uh, goals. So when they've scored the goals, and I'll break that down into 10-minute increments 
so and put it into graphs for them so they can see maybe a team concedes more in the first 10 minutes after half time indicating that they're slow starters you know and that's the time that you can then get on them and um, from the first whistle at the second half and so it's little bits like that that I give Nairn um that aren't tracked anywhere else you know um so yeah it's 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 a Sometimes they don't work. Sometimes I'll put something in and it's of no value. So I I won't do it again, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 hit or miss sometimes. But, you know, usually it's a a hit, you know, know, it's been doing it's been going well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of obviously you're now head of scouting rather than, you know, just all position. What are kind of what would you say in your your own words? Is a sort of player that like Nairn, Nairn looks for, you know, or players, you know, generally, what style, like what kind of player is, is there a certain... I would say that, that, you know, that work ethic, you mm. know, is, is definitely something that, that I think they're looking for is, is that, you know, never say die, never give up um, and, and, and really having belief in yourself. I think Stevie's kind of um, got a real good balance in the squad of youth, and experience, you know, you've got the likes of Ross Tokley, um, still still playing, still scoring at forty four, you know, um, and then you've got the youngsters that have come in from the likes of County, um, you know, you've got George that's come in from from County, and he's been amazing on the wing for, um, for Nairn, and um, you've got the young boys, um, there at the moment, Aaron Nicholson, Kieran Young, um, who. You know they've they've developed a lot, and I think you know Alan Nicholson. I think the amount of goals he scored this season, um, which is something that we were definitely lacking at the start of the season. I think we went the first five games, lost the first five games, and didn't score in the first five games. So, um, you know, considering we had that start, I think we're we're doing well to be where we are in the league. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of pace, you know. Um, pacey players um, where fitness comes in so you know if you've got the fitness if you've got the pace I think that's where it'll give you the edge why we've got so many late winners is because we've still got that fitness you've still got that pace even in that late stages whereas some of this you know defenders in in the Highland League might just be you know coming down, you know, they might not have the fitness at that point in the game. And if you've still got the legs and you've got that natural pace, yeah. you, stand, you stand a chance of just nipping behind them. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, the pacey side of things, but definitely the fitness levels is something as well. Yeah, so in terms of, has there been our players that kind of near and signed over, over your time there that you've kind of recommended or, you know, kind of... Um, no, there there was I was asked to look at one in particular, um I won't say. And, uh, but uh, there was one that I was asked to look at uh, in particular a left back and um he uh ticked ticked the boxes um but it just didn't it just didn't come off, you know. Um so yeah, it it I have seen some great young players in the Highland League myself, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I really rate the likes of, uh, Callum Frame at, at Forest. Um, I like him. I think every time I watch him, he seems to have a decent finish on him, you know, 
Um, he, he seems like a natural finisher. Um, there's there's uh, Michael Dangana at, at Huntley, and he's twenty, and he's a big, strong guy. Um, and he's a, a bit like a bit like Horace. Um, got pace on him. He's got two good feet. Um, you know, he he is a, a very entertaining player. You know, he can he works the wing well. Um, and he does track back as well, which is good to see. You know, so he does put in a shift. Um, and then there's the other one that I do like is uh, Callum Haspel at uh, Rothis. Mm. Um, naturally a centre-back. I know he's been playing a, a lot of right-back recently. Um, so he's a he's a nice, a nice defender. He's um, taken to the Highland League. Well, this is his um, first year in the Highland League. He's come come back from Spain. He was out playing football in Spain for a bit and um, came back to Rothis because, I mean, Callum was a player that I spoke to. I used to speak to him on LinkedIn um, quite a bit uh, when he was when he was out in Spain and just asked him how he was getting on. And then one day I went to scout Rothis and I seen the name on this team sheet and I was like, ah, it can't be. And then I seen him running out and I was like, it is. It is him. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 a small world sometimes, and then he's he's been really impressive um, this season. So there are a lot of good young players um, playing their trade in the Highland League right now. Yeah. So do you generally just look at the Highland League, or do you look elsewhere? What's the kind of the? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much knowledge on for the likes of the 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 juniors. Um, limited knowledge on that. But yeah, it, it just so happens that if I am, um, so when I go to a game, I'm not necessarily looking for a player, you know, unless Nairn have specifically sent sent me to go and actually look at a, a player. Yeah, yeah. Um, there might be a player that they're interested in that they say, look, if you could just make some notes on player A um, while you're watching the game. Um, but yeah, it's 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 generally just to go on opposition scout, and then if I do happen to see someone off my own back, um, that you know maybe maybe he's a centre back that's good with his feet, good distribution, you know, then you know then that happens to fit whatever Stevie wants, then I'll maybe drop a uh, a wee paragraph about him and and just say look, he might be worth getting one of the other scouts to look at, you know. Because um, there is a team of about four or five of us, so oh, that's quite a uh, lot. That's that's quite yeah. a lot. So. So, so they've got they've got four or five um, that that cover quite a wide range. Um, so again, I think that just comes down to football and your connections. You know, I think um, so when they put out that, I think there was a a decent interest when they put out that message for. Opposition scouts um, over, about fourteen months ago now, um, and I believe it was Stevie's idea because it was just after he joined. Mm. I think he joined in the October twenty twenty two, and um, November December was when we all got taken on. Um, so you know they take good care of us, and, and I mean, if 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 we're watching a game in the Highland League. Um, and we see a player, then we will recommend it. And then it's it's down to the manager or or, or the director of football if they want to take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's not something I take personally. If 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 they're not interested in them, you know, doesn't fit their, he's not their cup of tea, then that's fine. You know, um, you've done your bit by just by just suggesting it. You know, as it might be an option. Um, and and they can keep the name in a in a in a drawer. 
you know, for a few months if they want, you know, like the the Horace thing. I mean, I yeah. mentioned him, you know, a year ago, you know. So, but the opportunity might not be have been there to to make a move for him at that point. So, um, but at least they've got the name and they know what to expect from him. So it's it's just about dropping it in when you do notice these people. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he's a good capture. I've been really impressed because I stay in, in uh, and he just looks so looks so he was a, Always a step ahead whenever I watched him. You know, he was always a step that's no disrespect to the to the no, um, to real team, you know, but he was he was he was making runs, um, really smart runs that they weren't picking up on. You know, um so his his football brain was clearly there. You know, he, he, he knew what he needed to do in his role. And, um, yeah, he's, I, I, I'm really excited about him, you know, um, playing for Nair and I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. So in, in terms of, um, you said there's a kind of different, there's like four different scouts. Do they cover like juniors or are they just across the patch or what's the? I, yeah. Again, they're just, uh, Highland League. So, um, opposition scouts. So for example, um, We've got ones that can cover um, Inverness, um, Barora, you know, um, got ones in Aberdeen for covering the likes of Banks of D. Um, um, we've got people further south as well um, that they can call on, you know, if they need to. Um, and then there's like myself, um, who obviously I'm based in Lossiemouth, but um, I'll go to Huntley or Tariff or... Mm you know, Rothis or somewhere, you know, I'll go wherever they say. I mean, I very rarely say no because it's, uh, you know, a free game of football. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Is that part of, the, of trouble. Yeah. So is that like part of, do you get paid or is it just like a voluntary thing or what's kind of... So it's voluntary, voluntary um, yeah. but they do they do take care of you. Um, you know, they do take care of you in the sense that, you know, you get um, your, your petrol paid for and things like yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? So getting to the petrol um, for free, yeah, you said, yeah. I yeah, so you get in you get in for free. So it's you know, that to me is a perk, you know, it keeps me uh keeps me busy. None of, I, I none of my mates are really into football. So yeah. I've I've never surrounded myself with football mad mates. So um I'd have always been going by myself, but now I've got a legitimate reason to go by myself. So <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's 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 been many a picture turn up in the um, in the newspapers or on social media of just me sat by myself. You know, you can see <laughs> the stand, in the you, know, you know, just <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's quite funny when I see myself and I'm like, oh, God. I look like an idiot, just sat there with Billy No Mates. <laughs> uh, you, you won't be the only one. Um, no. so in, ter- in terms of, do you feel like there's Obviously, you're, there's players such as H and stuff who have came up, you know, up the road for whatever reason. Um, yeah. Do you feel like there's maybe opportunity to, you know, to look at players, you know, possibly in England, you know, in your lower reaches, if you're able to see them? Kind of. Yeah, there's like the regional leagues and things like that. You know, what what would probably be, you know, um, our welfare or 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 their junior leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, there there's there's bound to be players in there. You know, or the likes of. I mean, there are some people that 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 came from like Aberdeen's youths that that are now playing their trade in the Highland League. You know, for Banks of D and 
Yeah. Um, and and people like that. So there is there is opportunities to play for them in the Highland League. There was a spell where I think um, Fort Fort William were taking a lot of people up from down south, um, yeah. and uh, they've either moved on or gone back. Yeah. Um, I think it didn't help them, you know, dropping out of the league. Um, so, um, but yeah, they were. I know they were big on that for a long for a long time. Um, and I know I know Lossie signed uh, the boy Drew, um, who had played for uh, Fort William as well, but that never panned out well. I don't think. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it can be hit or miss, but it's the same with any signing, you know. Um, but there are there's definitely talent there, you know. That if you're you're willing to, I mean, I know I remember from reading the likes of Alex Ferguson's autobiography that he used to hire a bus and drive down to Glasgow and scout people, you know, and then drag them up to Aberdeen. Um, and that's how he got the likes of, um, you know, Alex McLeish and, mm-hmm. and people like that. That's how he discovered them because, you know, he used to hire a bus and hire a minivan and go down to Glasgow, you know, um, and scout them himself. So it's, it's, you know, you, you, you can find a gem, you know, and, and, I, and I'm sure there's, there's gems in the, there was the likes of Jake Stewart who, who, Came from Rothy Rovers and signed for uh, uh, for Martin and uh, United, and I think he's just gone on loan to somebody else. I didn't. To Keith, yeah, I think it's to Keith. Uh, yeah, that's it, to Keith, and he he. I think he bagged himself forty-three goals last year in the in the juniors. You know, so there's obviously a goal scorer and a talent there. Um, I don't know if the if he got many opportunities at um, at the club this year. Um, so that's maybe why he's gone out on loan. Um. So yeah, hopefully. I mean, I was I was keeping an eye on him when I was at Lossie coaching. You know, um, and I do think that scouting something that the the Highland League should, you know, clubs should get involved with. You know, mm-hmm. um, because there's there's people out there, you know, that that, that want to get involved. Um, in scouting, I mean, I had a, a guy get in touch with me over LinkedIn um, last weekend asking me questions about how to get involved in scouting. And, and, and I remember putting out those messages mm. to people. So I, I, I give them a lot of time and I, I sent them a, a, a word document about for, for just advice, you know, uh, do's and don'ts and how, how, how to better yourself and, um, what to watch for, and um, a lot of there's some negativity out there in the world where volunteering seems to be a dirty word. You mm, know, I know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things saying, "Oh, well, you know, clubs take advantage of volunteers," and you know, maybe that is the case somewhere, you know, in the world, but it's not something I've ever seen that valued at Nairn. Um even in a lossy, you know, it's like you're 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 giving up your time, and um, I do I do I do think that you know these people that want to get involved shouldn't be discouraged, you know, to to get involved. And I sent him a, I created a, a scouting template that I use, mm. um, while while scouting for Nairn, and I, I, I mean mine is super, probably more complicated. That for a newbie, uh, so I broke it down just to the basics of team lines and yeah, yeah, pitch conditions and and who's playing and subs and you know 
just an analysis page and I sent him that and said, look, take that, go watch some games. That was my advice. Was I think he was from Aberdeen. So I said, go nip down to Banks of D and tend like you've been sent there to scout them. Uh, fill out a couple of these scouting reports and then you've got something to show clubs. You know, um, you've got something to show clubs that you can then say, look here, I've, I've done a few scouting reports. Um, are you interested in having a, a scout? I'm quite happy to volunteer. Um, I don't know if other clubs in, in, in the Highland League have scouts themselves. Um, I've never heard anything, to be honest. I mean, you're the, no. you're the first I've heard of to be, I mean, they might yeah. do. But... I know, I know, I know, I know it was something Stevie says he wanted to bring in when he, when he joined, you know, when he, um, cause he had been obviously assistant manager at Elgin, you know, and so, I think he was keen on bringing it into uh, Nairn. So, and I and I think Nairn have paid dividends from just. I mean, the thing is, you can go to a game and there might only be one or two things that they that Nairn pick up from from your report, but that's one or two things that they've got that they wouldn't have had. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and whether that's you know. The guy playing at right back is actually a left, a left shooter, you know. Um, and just these little things that, that can help, you know. Um, so it's it's just about giving yourself every advantage. And I think Nairn have shown this season that it, it does it does pay dividends, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what um in terms of your kind of what are your kind of future ambitions in terms of scouting? What are you kind of you got certain. Yeah, I mean, that one is like it's difficult to answer that one because what I'm really, I'm really enjoying Nairn and the way they treat me, and and I've got so much more to learn, you know, mm-hmm. with regards to scouting, and I always want to get myself in positions where I'm tested, you know, um, and I, I, I would like to. Scout, you know, at a higher level, of course I would. Um, but the way I see it is, I've got plenty of time. You know, I've got plenty of time, and right now it's about um, gaining as much experience as I can and trying to implement that into the way they're in play. And um, I found through the years that you can be, you could be the best football scout that is, and be at the Highland League level. But if nobody knows you exist, then you're never going to get the opportunity, you know. So I, I do believe that connections are important to progression. Um, so um, it's it's just about biding your time, sponging as much experience as possible for now, and then see what happens. Uh, you know, as a scout, you are a you are a smaller cog in a bigger wheel. You know, it's. Uh, that's the way I always see it. There's always the bigger picture and you're just a little part of that, you know, but you are an important part of that. Um, so I would like to go as far as my ability allows me to go, um, you know, but it's about me. I, I, I like to think of it as your my online presence when I'm on my LinkedIn and things like that. It's about building your own personal brand, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, so you are building a brand of sorts. Um, but uh, yeah, um really happy at Nairn um, and it was as the time's gone on with Nairn I really have you, know, you do start to feel an affinity to the club and you know if, if I coach, if I scout a team 
and Nairn don't win against them, I take it personal. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like it's almost like a no, that was one that I scouted. You know, <laughs> just like ah, oh, I must have missed something, or maybe I forgot to write something. And mm. so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I would obviously you know love to 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 be higher, but like I say, I mean even at forty one, mind you, I'm only just hanging on to forty one. Um, I've I've still got plenty of time left, you know, and that's what I was meaning when I said earlier, yeah. John, about um, you know, the longevity of coaching for me yeah. physically wasn't there, but there is such longevity in scouting because it's got arms and legs, you know, you you can go down, you know, technical scouting, opposition scouting, there's um, sport director courses, there's director of football, there's all these kind of avenues that you can go down, so. It's a it's a big tree with lots of branches that you can pick, you know. Yeah. So in terms of Highland League um, generally, do you see the league becoming kind of more attractive over the years as kind of a way for people to put themselves in the shop window to an extent? You know, do you feel do you feel it's kind of improved so much over over the even the last few years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do. It's it's especially for like the young players being released. You know, we mentioned people that are maybe down south, or um, even the likes of your, you know, your Aberdeen ones that have been let go, Inverness, Ross County, um, these kind of areas because it's so local to us. Um, there is the opportunity to come and put yourself in the shop window and almost reinvent yourself. You know, at, at the Highland League level or the the Lowland leagues. Um, so yeah, I definitely do. I see that as a, as a positive thing, you know, because if these players are coming from these clubs, then these clubs seen something in them. It's just not worked out. Mm. Um, and if you bring that, um, if you bring that talent to the Highland League, then it can only benefit it, you know. Um, I go to some teams and, um, you know, there's, there's low crowds. You know, but then they still bring, they still manage to bring an atmosphere. Um, yeah. you know, um, and there are, there are some gems in the Highland League that, that, that should be playing higher. You know, that should be playing higher. I, I don't know if, if, if clubs in League Two or, you know, League One scout Highland League, um, you know, they've probably got a lot of the central teams have probably got the Lowland League to look at. Um, more than the Highland League, but I definitely think the Highland League has got players that should be playing higher levels. Um, so yeah, I do see it as a place where players can come and reinvent themselves if they've had the disappointment of being released. Um, you know, I know that the SFA and the FA have, um, you know, exit trials and things yeah. of that nature, you know, um, but I mean, um, I think it's best if these players who are released, it's good for them to just be proactive. And, and 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 put yourselves out there to be signed by just being ask asking for trials, asking you know to attend training, mm-hmm. um, whether it's by their local team. So yeah, I I think they highly can only benefit from um, these players joining the league. Yeah. F- final question: What what do you think has mm-hmm. been the most surreal kind of moment, like pinch me moment for for you so far? You know, over the course of your kind of involvement with football, would you say? Um I would say probably the the the, the, the two that the two that probably kinda um 
go to head to head that would be hard to split is is probably my um is my time in America um because that happened so young uh, because it was um just on the fly that I had applied for it you know and I was and I wasn't experienced in coaching at all at that point was was the kind of I remember being on the plane to America and it was one of the big virgin uh, massive planes transatlantic ones and um and there was an old there was like you know you get the TVs in the back of the the, the, the seats it was actually a, a SNES Super Nintendo that they had and it was I was I was playing Mario on it all the way to America and I remember stopping once and just thinking what, what am I doing I'm on my way to America to live. I'm 18, and now I'm playing Mario in the back of a plane. You know, it's just like it was just. I remember thinking, "Oh God!" Uh, and I remember having a bit of a panic at like, "Am I bitten off more than I can chew here?" And uh, the other bit for me was um, a bit of validation. This one was a couple of months after I joined there, um, and I'll always be thankful to him when I got a phone call from. I was just sending my reports, and they were always like, "Bro, thank you very much, Cal. Thank you very much, Cal." I got a phone call from uh, from Stevie McKay and um, just to say thanks, you know. And he said, um, "You know, you, your reports have have been absolutely brilliant. You know, they're they've um, really helped with you know the team's organisation when it comes to you know planning sessions." Um, he goes, "The you know." I really know that it takes a lot of time. It's not just going to watch the game. There's the hours afterwards that um, you're sitting there writing these reports, looking through notes and all these things. And he was just really grateful. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, wow, that's so nice. You know what I mean? I've never had never had that, you know, where someone is just actually taking the time out to, to cons- consider how long it takes you to do these things as a volunteer and then just thank you for it. Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that meant a lot to me. Um, that my opinion that God, I actually know what I'm talking about here. He's thanking me for this. You know? <laughs> How much hours a week do you kind of work, you know, in terms of your scouting room there? And would you say, does it depend on what gate, how much games are on if there's a midweek one or, you know? Yes. I mean, sometimes I'll go to, I'll, I'll usually every Saturday there's a, there's a game to go to. Um, so that's just about looking at the fixtures and seeing, right, well, um, Nairn have got this team uh, coming up next Saturday. Who are they playing this Saturday? Right, I'll go to that. Um, so it's just about that. And then, so there's the travelling time. Um, do you know what I mean? So like I say, I go to places like Forest, Huntley, Rothis, uh, you know, tariffs occasionally. Um and so there's a travel time to there can be anywhere from, you know, 40 minutes to an hour. Um, and then there's um, an hour and a half at the game, travel time back. Um, so you've already consumed a few hours there. And then there's, I like to do the report. I like to start the report Saturday night and then finish it Sunday morning and get it off to them because um, it, it helps them plan their their. their their Tuesday and Thursday sessions, you know, for the plan for the game on the Saturday. So, and it's also fresh in your mind at that point as well. So, I mean, do the report, the report can take me because I, I choose to 
putting so much detail and information to it. Um, it, it can take me a good five hours, five and a half hours to write up a report. Um, all in all. Um, so yeah, that's why I break it down over like a little bit on the Saturday night and finish it off on the Sunday morning. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, there is a bit of investigation work as well because I do like to put in some stats and stuff. So, um, I have, um, found a, a particularly good website that, um, is my little pride and joy that I've found it. And it's the only place I know that has any kind of detail in the Highland League. Um, and then I'll take those and I'll del- I'll deep dive into them and try and see if I can expand those stats in any way that would help the team, you know, because stats can, you can bend stats to look, mm. to, to look whatever you want, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, a lot of time, but I, 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 genuinely enjoy it you know I look forward to my Saturdays and I look forward to writing I get so geeky about uh doing the the report and um you know I'm like oh god right I need to put in more so I'll just keep writing more and I, I got myself um with um some vouchers I got over Christmas I bought myself a, a dictaphone so I can give myself verbal notes during the game because mm. I do I do find sometimes that when I'm writing notes, your head's down and you're missing what's going on. So I bought myself one of them so I can just talk about what happens, who's doing what, um, and I've got more. I feel more comfortable with the verbal notes, and I don't miss anything that's going on because, I mean, I remember the first time I went to watch scout a game. I remember I missed the first goal, and uh, I remember thinking, "Ah, it's fine. I'll see you on the replay." There is no replay. <laughs> You're watching this live, and it's like if you miss it, you miss it, you know. So um, yeah, I bought myself one of them. So yeah, mm, that's so. Were you a, were you a big fan of football managers as as a, a youngster? Or? Yeah, I mean, uh, so obviously I do work as a um, research assistant for um, Sports Interactive, um, and um, the football manager. So back when it was Championship Manager. Um, I've played it since 1992. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, championship manager then. Um, and, and I was hooked. I was hooked at that point. And I mean, at that point, the game was probably a, a glamorous PowerPoint <laughs> at that point. Um, and it's evolved mm-hmm. so much now that obviously professionals pay attention to it to a degree. Um, I know Alex McLeish's son told him to sign a, a uh, 15 year old Lionel Messi, uh, based on his game as football manager. And, uh, and we all know what happened with him. And I mean, it gets it wrong sometimes. You know, you've got, um, the likes of that, uh, young American kid. Uh, what was he? 15 year old American kid. I can't remember his name now, but he went off to Benfica from America and then just never really mm. made it. But yeah, I've, I've played every single one. Um, quite serious. I'm not at the point where I wear a suit for press conferences or, or or hold press conferences in the toilets at a toilet or anything like that. I've I've not really gone down that road. Um it, it has I mean it's never really ruined a relationship. It has impeded them. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah it's 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 but it's, I, I still play it now to this point and um and um I've I've currently got an amazing save 
um, at the moment, where I'm, I think I'm 64 in it now. Uh, so, yeah. The only problem I find with football manager is when I was younger, it used to always be quite funny because you were a manager at like 28, 27. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a manager. And now when I start a new career, I'm, I'm 41. And I'm like, there's not much of the game to play now. <laughs> it's like, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. Um, it definitely, the, the, the wife is very accommodating to my football manager's time scale. Yeah, so what what's your kind of full-time job, um, you know, during the uh, Yeah, so my day-to-day job, what, the, the bill job, uh, the one that pays the bills, is uh, I work for uh, Vodafone as a um, service desk advisor. Um, so, you know, we deal with, um, don't deal with the public, it's more business-to-business sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 push buttons on a laptop and it fixes things <laughs> somewhere else in the world. Um, but yeah, it's good. It, it, it I enjoy it. it. It it certainly keeps a roof over my head. Um, it's a challenging job. Um, that no two days are ever the same. So yeah. that's that's the best I could hope for. You know, um, but like football, you know, no two games are ever the same. You know, so if things are like that, it keeps me guessing, keeps me on my toes, and keeps me challenged. Thanks for listening to this interview with Callum. You can click subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform that you use. Also, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hope you can join me next time for another interesting interview.